baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's a good feeling. It's a good day, um, not only for me, but for my family. And um, we're excited. Like I said, uh, St. Louis is a place that that we've wanted to be at for a while now. So to get this opportunity and to, uh, and to make it official, is um, it, 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 it feels good. It's a good day. That is new Cardinals pitcher Sonny Gray talking with our guy Matt Pauley, host of Sports Open Line. It is the Chris and Amy show here on KMOX. And to talk about where the Cardinals are, where they go from here, it is the television broadcaster who will be entering his second year on the job. Chip Carey joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Chip, what's going on? Good to hear from you guys. Happy holidays. Well, same to you, Chip. Um, so it's been busy already for the Cardinals. I mean, I don't, I don't recall the last time they have been this active this quickly um, with the start of the offseason happening a little over a month ago. So uh, what do you think so far, just generally speaking, taking a look at what they've done? Well, Mo's a man of his word, right? He said pitching, pitching, pitching. Well, he's gotten three pitchers here in the last two weeks. And it fills the obvious need that the Cardinals had last year. The starting pitching let the club down. They didn't have a good year. And by signing uh, Gibson and Lynn and Gray, you get innings, you get strikeouts, you get experience, and you get depth. And those are all things that are going to be valued for the Cardinals in 2024 going forward. So it's a good start to the offseason. I'm sure Mo has another uh, longer list of uh, laundry items he'd like to take care of and cross off here in the weeks ahead. But certainly he's got a head start going into the winter meetings next weekend. So if you look at this pitching staff the way it is right now, forget about the bullpen. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But the starting uh-huh. rotation, if they go into the 2024 season just like this, how comfortable are you with it? I'm more comfortable than I was last year. I think, though, if you think about the Cardinals and, and making the postseason, you really need that one-two punch. Sonny Gray, second in the Cy Young voting in the American League, could certainly be part of that one-two punch. Who's the guy that's going to step up and match up Uh, with the opposing club's number one or number two starter. I think that's the open question right now. And if the Cardinals uh, either have the dollars available or the prospects available to go out and get that kind of a guy, then I think we can get really excited about uh, where the Cardinals' rotation could carry them uh, next season and going forward. As I said, uh, the three guys they brought in are all big league guys. They're all pros. They all pitched quality innings. They strike out guys. Yeah, they give up a lot of hits and all of that. That's fine. Uh, but to really match up in postseason play, which is where I think we all expect and want the Cardinals to be, really want to see that one-two punch, whether that's from within or uh, by signing a guy to a big contract or using the trade assets the Cardinals have to go get him. Well, I'm sure you have the pulse, uh, your finger on the pulse of Cardinals Nation here, and a lot of mumbling and grumbling from fans. I feel like if this was this caps off the biggest moves for the team a lot of fans might be dissatisfied with that. Well, I can't speak for the fans. I, as I said, I, I look, I'm greedy. I, you know, I'm one of those guys. I want all the good players to play for the Cardinals, right? And it's easy for me to spend uh, the DeWitt's money. It's easy for me to trade the prospects. And I'm a guy that has always said, I, I let the GM GM the team, and he lets me broadcast the games. 
Uh, but that said, you know, look, if you if you want to go for it, uh, you know, that number one, number two guy, another one of those would never be a bad thing. And uh, I think the more guys like that you can accumulate and acquire, the more depth it gives you, the knowledge that they're going to be able to pass along to the youngsters you already have on your staff and in your minor leagues. I think those are all things that go far beyond the dollars of the prospects you might have to give up to get that guy and bring him in. Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are all great starts, but look, I'm greedy. It's that time of year. I'm fat and happy after all that Thanksgiving turkey and dressing. Let's go get one more guy and really go for it and see where it takes us. Chip Carey is visiting with us here on KMOX. The Cardinals have been busy during the offseason so far. I know uh, there are fans who are looking at this and saying, "This this is great. It's Certainly an improvement from last year, but fans who obviously want there to be a little bit more. How realistic do you think we need to be in terms of what the Cardinals do next? And again, I know you're not the prognosticator here, but right. as you as you look at it, how do you see it? Well, it comes down to two things, right? It comes down to dollars. If you want to go out and get uh, Yamamoto or you want to go uh, get another uh, top flight free agent guy, you know, Aaron Nola, let's use it as an example. That was a $175 or so million dollar contract that the Phillies gave him. It's either money or it's prospects. I think one of the advantages the Cardinals have at this stage by most striking early and getting three guys uh, he hasn't touched any of his trade capital to go out and get starting pitching. He can still utilize some of the extraneous assets that they have in the infield, the outfield, and in the farm system, quite frankly, to go ahead and put together a package to bring in a guy where it doesn't necessarily cost you hundreds of millions of dollars. You get a guy that's under control for a couple of years. So um, there are options now that probably weren't there two weeks ago before this flurry of signings took place, and I think for that, Mo deserves a lot of credit. He sort of set the market uh, by, by going out and taking care of business quickly and confidently and getting guys on short one-year deals that don't lock down the Cardinals for long-term acquisitions or long-term commitments. And those guys, if they pitch well, so be it. If they don't, then you, you turn your attention to another free agent class or a deal uh, during the season or after the season next year. What about the offense, Chip? L- last year it was more than capable, um, and you've got mm-hmm. a couple of anchors in the lineup in Arenado and Goldschmidt who are, I mean, they're admittedly they're getting older, so you don't know mm-hmm. when the, how long that production will be around, but – is, is that offense as it is right now, the addition of Contreras, uh, the young player in Walker, is, is all of that, in your mind, good enough? I think it's pretty good. I, I think if you look, frankly, at what Arenado and Goldschmidt did last year, they took a step back from their 1-3 and three rankings in the MVP race. I think they're going to be better. I think Contreras was a great addition offensively. I think he's going to be much better defensively. Let's not forget that Brendan Donovan missed uh, the second half of the season, and he's a very, very important cog to this offense. You had a rookie in Jordan Walker who played almost every day and was a totally different player after his summons back from the minor leagues. I think he's going to take a big step forward for the team. Got to figure out who's going to play center field. For me, Tommy Evans, the best center fielder on the roster, is constructed now. You've got Lars Newtbar who can play left. Maybe you platoon and uh, get a right-handed banger if you're not going to bring Tyler O'Neill back. But if you look at the Cardinals on paper, at least the way that they uh, could be, yeah, I think this is an offense that went that one that's right is is more than potent enough to to do a lot of damage. And let's think about this too, Chris. Most of the time last year, the Cardinals were playing from behind in the first three four innings. It was four to one, five to two, six to three, day after day after day. That's a tough way to work offensively when you have to <laughs> when you try to come back from those big early inning deficits. So hopefully that's something else that this uh, pitching flurry acquisitions will uh, will take care of. 
And it was about a year ago that the Cardinals did sign Wilson Contreras. That was the big splash. And then anytime you switch from a cornerstone like Yadier Molina at the catching position to a new player, star, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, there's a, there's a learning curve. Do you see Wilson Contreras being notably more comfortable and settled in this year? I would think so. Uh, you can't help but be. But now the learning curve is going to change again because he's got, for the moment, three new guys he's got to learn on his pitching staff. But that's all part of the, the process. Uh, look, I think Wilson handled what was a very difficult year in many respects, very, very professionally and very, very well. Uh, the guy came to work. His teammates grew to trust him and really like him both at the plate and behind it. Uh, he's a great guy. He wants to win. He's, as I'm sure you've read, all the comments about what he's doing this offseason to prepare for what will be a big season for him and for the club. I mean, I'm encouraged by that. He's a great guy. He wants to win. He wants to win in St. Louis, and he wants to be a, a proud Cardinal. And I'm sure that, um, as you said, following in the footsteps of Yadier Molina can't be easy for anybody. But he knew what he was getting into when he signed here. And uh, the fact that Yadi gave him his, his endorsement, I think, uh, speaks volumes as to what he can be and what he will be. And I think we're all looking forward to that. I'm always a little surprised, Chip, when I hear that a player who had been around as long as as Yadier had been and, you know, made good money doing it, that they want to get back into the game and they want the grind of coaching uh, pretty Hmm. quickly after being done with the game. I mean, a lot of these guys, you've seen it over your career. As soon as they're done, they just want want to get away because it is a lot of work and they've made good money and they don't feel like they need Mm -hmm. to. Does it surprise you that he wants to get back into coaching and one day be a manager? No, I don't think so. I think that there are people who are involved in the game. I can speak for myself. I don't have that problem. My wife looks at the calendar in January and says, when does spring training start? <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so, right, you know, you know the feeling, right? So, no, I think there are guys who are baseball lifers. And I think if you ask players honestly, and I think Wayno is going to go through this to a certain degree, um, when you are involved in the game in any capacity, any meaningful capacity, the moment it's done is really, really hard. It's part of your existence. I mean, I've been married uh, 27 seasons uh, with my wife, Susan. We don't say years, it's seasons. That's mm-hmm. just sort of how our <laughs> life revolves around the game, right? And and I, I think that when you take that away or when you get away from that, yeah, being home and all that stuff is wonderful and spending time with family is great, and I'm not taking that away or diminishing it in any way for anybody, but how much golf can you play when you're 43 years old? And I think that the rhythm and the circadian rhythm of our sport, the start of spring and, and getting ready in, in January for spring training start in February and hopefully playing on into November, that circadian rhythm becomes as much of your DNA as uh, breathing oxygen. So, no, it doesn't surprise me that guys like Yadier, who are going to be in Cooperstown, want to be a part of it. Financial considerations aside, if you if you love the game like he did and represented the Cardinals so well, heck, why wouldn't you want to come back and be beloved some more? Right, and I think, too, when you're talking about just fierce competitors and elite athletes at the top of their game. Yes, they're human, but I also think they're wired differently. There's a yeah. there's a drive, there's a dedication and a a almost mon- monomaniacal focus on the game that really is partly what sets them apart because you can be yeah, talented yeah. but you have to put the work in. Yeah, the, the 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 addiction of competition, I think, is the way that that, that uh, many guys have talked about. It. I mean, Chipper Jones mentioned that to me. You, know, you go through withdrawal yeah. when you're home, and all of a sudden the team's going on a road trip to start the season. You're sitting home, and you're in the carpool line <laughs> waiting for the game to start. You know, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's a stark, stark change for people who've done it for 20-plus years. 
uh, like Yadier Molina and so many others. So, look, uh, whatever role he wants to come back in, I know the Cardinals and their fans are excited about it. A guy with his drive and his experience and his pedigree as a Cardinal, that can do nothing but help uh, current players and future players uh, in the organization. And uh, you can never have too many great representatives wearing the uh, the birds and the bat. And if Molina decides to do that in whatever capacity, heck, man, who wouldn't be for that? TV voice of the Cardinals, Chip Carey, is with us here on KMOX. We we talked about where the where the pitching is, the the offense for this team. What do you think of the Cardinals as they are right now? I, well, maybe I should ask the question this way. We know how the other teams in the National League Central operate typically or how they plan to operate. How do you see the Cardinals within the Central Division knowing that You've got the Cubs have a new manager. They'll probably spend Mm -hmm. a little bit. They'll be active. The Reds, who really knows what they'll do? The Brewers are kind of uh, not sure about the Brewers right now. What do you think of the Cardinals within the division? Well, right now they're automatically better than they were last year, and they won 71 games, so that's certainly encouraging. Um, You know, look, I I grew up in St. Louis, and the Cardinals teams that I loved watching were teams that, that didn't say, hey, we're competing to win a division. We're competing for a chance to get to and win the World Series. And I think the Cardinals are just a couple of moves away from doing that. They'll be important moves. They'll be tough moves. They'll be expensive moves. But I think they're, they're certainly doable uh, if, if the right opportunity arises. I don't doubt for a minute that the DeWitts and, Bill, and uh, uh, Mo will, will, will pounce on that. But uh, right now, you, you, I don't worry about what the other teams are. I worry about measuring the Cardinals against the team that was last year. They're better than they were last year right now. And I think that should give everybody pause for uh, for hope and encouragement and see what else Mo can do here. As we said, the, the uh, uh, winter meetings start in Nashville, and that's where the fun really starts because the hot stove is going to heat up another couple hundred degrees or so. You don't go to Nashville, do you, or, or do you? No, 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 no. Yeah, all right, all no. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My traveling's yeah. over until February. I'm done. Well, <laughs> I don't so, want to go anywhere. I enjoy, I enjoy the comforts of my own home for a while. You have the best job in the whole world, and you get to do. you get to spend all of this time doing whatever. What are you doing with your off oh, season? Yeah. Well, right now I'm, I'm I live in St. Augustine, Florida, in the off season, which, by the way, in case fans didn't know, this is America's oldest city, and it is the yeah. site of the first Thanksgiving in North America. Don't let the pilgrims lie to you. There's only one in this room pilgrims. right now. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, the Mayflower. That was that was 60 years later, or whatever. Uh, no, I'm 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 going for my uh, my hot girl walk this morning. It's uh, let's see for for Florida. It's, uh, You're hot it's 53 girl degrees. Walk. Yeah, you don't know about that. Yeah, hot girl walk. Well, I've heard of the hot girl summer. What's the hot girl walk? Well, no, well, you don't know about this. Oh, this is a big thing. Yeah, Brad Thompson and I and Alexa Dat and Katie Wu on the road trips. You know, we get up in the morning with Ricky Horton and we go exercise. We go for like a three hour walk every day. And uh, Katie and Alexa said, these are hot girl walks. Wow. So, okay. I, just, I, so I, I decided to left out of the hot girl walks. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I'm looking it up right it's, now. It says it's a four-mile outdoor walk where you can only think about three things. <laughs> the th- Hold on a second. The things you're grateful for, yep. your goals for the year, and uh, yeah. hold on. What's the other one? And, uh, and, uh, how, you, and how hot you are. So that's it. Well, I'm not hot. I can promise you that because oh, we decided that... that we, we decided among the guys that Brad Thompson's the hottest guy of the hot girls. That's not true. You're, so, again, <laughs> think about this. Don't so, tell him I said that, but that's, I that's will, not no, true. No, that's true. No, true. He's a former professional athlete, so he automatically has four or five notches above tall. the rest of us mere mortals. Chip, I am tall. tall. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm as wide as I am tall, and that's the part I'm working oh, on with the hot that's girl walk. So. serious. <laughs> So, Chip, yeah, on. so I'm on, so you so you asked what I was doing. I'm on a hot girl walk. 
walking along the bayfront here in uh, in beautiful St. Augustine, Florida. I'm just a few uh, a few uh, feet from the Fountain of Youth, and keeping okay. which I will probably bathe in. Okay, it's, listen to him. <laughs> and keeping the pilgrims in check. Exactly, those lying pilgrims. pilgrims. <laughs> those lying pilgrims. <laughs> Chip Carey, it's, <laughs> it's good. Sparks some interest, won't it? Okay. Yeah, like, she won't believe what Chip Carey said about the, the pilgrims. The New York Post, oh, Chip Carey, yeah. Cardinals broadcaster, yeah. says the oh, pilgrims lied. Wait. Yeah, me and my buddy Phil Mushnick, it'll be terrific. I can't oh, wait. Man, Chip Carey, it's good to talk to you. We'll probably bother you at least a time or two we before the... To. Before the, uh... I would love it. I miss you guys. Can't wait to see you. And, hey, th- this is an exciting – again, I'm speaking as a fan. Uh, this is an exciting time, and I know Mo's taking a lot of grief for what happened last year. you got to tip your cap. He, uh, he went out, did what he said he was going to do, and hopefully he's not done. I don't think he is. And uh, these are going to be exciting times to be a Cardinal fan, and we're all – Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Blessed and happy and thankful as we walk on our hot girl walk for what's happened so far and look ahead to next year. Have fun on your walk, Chip. Okay, guys. See you soon. That's Chip Carey, TV voice for the Cardinals. All right, so uh, this is, uh, let me reiterate, Mm. the hot girl walk, Mm -hmm. four-mile, four-mile outdoor walk. Which is a good walk. It shouldn't take three hours. Yeah, did he say three hours? That's a long walk. I don't know what he said. Yeah, well, for four miles. You can generally do two miles an hour. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're strolling. A mile an hour is really slow. They're strolling. Yeah. They're strolling. Um, so you can only talk. You can only think about three things on your hot girl walk. Okay. Let me reiterate: what you're grateful for. Yep. Your goals for the year. Yep. And how hot you are. Yep. That's right. Well, the robots are taking over, Amy. Not the kind of robots you were thinking. You're probably thinking of uh, the Terminator. The Terminator yeah. with the with the lasers. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite that. The drones and the, the stomping okay. on the skulls. It's a little bit different, but it's uh, uh, it's kind of bad. They're writers, and here's the thing. I can't tell if they're taking over or, by the quality of their writing, if idiots are giving them the helm. Well, I think idiots are giving them the helm. I think so. We will just... Um, I just ju- saw this yesterday. I, I did, too, because yeah. it broke yesterday. There was a story from a website called Futurism, and they looked into Sports Illustrated uh, content. So it wasn't necessarily content or articles about sports. What SI says in response to the allegations is that they weren't they, they weren't doing that. What they were doing is they found out their parent company was using an ad service to write product reviews that were mm-hmm. written by people who did not exist. And it was to the point where they had fake bios, fake photos, and everything. And there's one that is famously here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, his name is Drew Ortiz. And yep. it's just a photo of a young white dude with a bio. And the bio says, Drew likes to say that he grew up in the wild, which is partially true. He grew up in a farmhouse surrounded by woods, fields, and a creek. He spent much of his life outdoors and is excited to guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature. Nowadays, 
There is rarely a weekend goes by where Drew isn't out camping, (laughs) hiking, or just back on his parents' farm. The problem is he's not doing any of those things because Drew Ortiz does not exist. He does not exist. And he's not a very good writer because I'm going to read you a portion of an article written by Drew Ortiz. It's called Play Like a Pro with the Best Full-Size Volleyballs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Volleyball is one of the most popular sports in the world and for good reason. It's fast-paced, has a high skill ceiling, and is generally an exciting sport to both play and watch. Even people who don't watch sports can easily understand the intensity and skill required to play volleyball whenever they watch clips There's a reason why it's been such a mainstay in modern sports to this day. Volleyball can be a little tricky to get into, especially without an actual ball to practice with. (laughs) Wow, Drew. Drew, wow. Wow, Wow, you nailed it. Yeah. Man, I love playing soccer. The problem is you don't have a ball. (laughs) Luckily for you, we found some of the best full-size volleyballs in 2022. Wow. What? Okay. It seems a little All right. on the nose, Drew. So the, when I very first heard the story yesterday, um, before looking into it and actually reading about it, yeah. I thought, oh, my God, SI, which was once a great sports publication, but it has been mismanaged for years. The home of just Rick Riley. Rick Riley, who man. just who's, incredible. Yes. Uh, columns and stories that you could use to study uh, for a writing class, for honors writing. I've taught with Rick Riley stories before. My feeling was that they were using artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. to write stories about sports, which is a huge problem and would be, a, I believe, a bigger problem. But this, knowing that it is uh, product reviews Mm -hmm. that happen to end up on the Sports Illustrated website, now... It's not to me as big of a deal, but it is a very big deal because that's where it starts. It starts with product reviews from bogus writers with bogus bios who didn't actually use these beautiful full-size volleyballs for anything because they don't exist. The next thing you know, they are actually doing sports writing. They are doing the work that humans right now do. And I get it. You probably have a lot of people listening who are saying, well, sports writers aren't that important anyway, and, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. Like, hey, whether or not you think this is an important job, it is still a job, and it is still something that people consume. And when you start to take that away from actual human beings who are doing the work, you lose nuance. That's number one. So for the reader's perspective, you you listen to that, uh, what Amy just read for you. Mm-hmm. That was brutal. Mm-hmm. That was terribly written, and it was it, it sounded like a robot did yeah. it. That's problem number one. Problem number two is putting people out of work, no matter what their job is, is decidedly a bad thing. And the third thing is the ethics of having an AI landscape and a real human journalist landscape that are indistinguishable from one another. So when you're reading, yep. you don't know if you are reading something that was written by an an AI and an avatar, which by the way, the Drew Ortiz, once he was discovered to be fake, he disappeared and then his profile page redirected to Sora Tanaka, who by the way also isn't real, so then she disappeared and so then all of her stories were then redirected to another 
profile that had no headshot at all, which was then eventually deleted as AI as well. So there's no transparency there. But when you are a reader and you can't trust a publication to either tell you what's AI and what's real or to know what's AI and what's not, because in this case, Sports Illustrated is claiming ignorance, that becomes a huge ethical issue when it comes to consuming news. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's an ad. There is a trust that has to be there. People talk about the integrity of competition. You have to trust in the integrity of journalism. And I mean just basic, knowing if you're reading a robot and generated piece or exactly. a human. And ethics should matter. It should. It should be something that you consider. Mm-hmm. We should all consider that. Um I think it does matter, even though, again, you there might be people listening who think, why why are you so worked up over this? It's only Sports Illustrated. Because it starts with SI. Mm-hmm. Where does it go after that? And t- tell that tell uh, people that sports writing doesn't matter. Tell that to Grantland Rice <laughs> and those yes. who get scholarships through Grantland yeah. Rice. Um, he has passed away, but, I mean, his, his legacy. Uh, and Rick Riley. Listen to this. So this happened, uh, I guess, the 90s. Rick Riley wrote a story called Master Strokes. It's when Nick Faldo won his third Masters, but it was only after Greg Norman collapsed in one of the worst collapses in yeah. history. So this he, he talks about uh, Greg Norman's daughter driving to and from the tournament, and he wrote, this is towards the end of the article, or the very end, There were handshakes and keep-your-chin-ups all around, but something changed in Norman's face as he started the engine. Something in his eyes. Nobility and chins are easy enough to keep up in front of the crowds, but the more alone you get, the heavier they become. As her father wheeled slowly down Magnolia Lane, Morgan Lee probably didn't notice the Sunday newspaper in the back of the Suburban. She probably hadn't read in it what she will learn someday in school, that 84 years ago, on this same April 14th, another unsinkable ship on its way to certain glory, listed, gurgled, and sank. I mean, come on. That's not nearly as good as volleyball can be a little (laughs) tricky to get into, especially without an actual ball to practice with. (laughs) Come on, man. What are we doing? Sports Illustrated has been for years, as I said, horribly mismanaged. They fired a lot of people. They don't know what the hell they're doing. It's really bad. And it's sad. It's it's depressing. Um, They did talk to Futurism, the website that broke this story, um, talked to people who were directly involved with creating the content. They were asked to be kept and they asked to be kept anonymous to protect them from uh, professional repercussions. They said they there are a lot of fake authors. Mm-hmm. Um, at the bottom of the page, they say, there would be a photo of a person in some fake description like, oh, John lives in Houston, Texas. He loves yard games and hanging out with his dog, Sam. It It's insane. And I read to you Drew Ortiz's bio. That's, it's... <sighs> It's one thing for content to be generated yeah. artificially. It's another thing for them to tell you, here's the content, here's the writer, That's here's his right. picture, and here's his whole bio of stuff he likes to do. Because I think That's crazy. That's crazy. Because this idea of using automated stories is not new. I mean, relatively recent since the technology, but the Associated Press 
several years ago in 2019, it recognized that major league soccer major league soccer coverage was in higher demand and it was going to grow its coverage with automated stories from i think it's called data scribe data scribe that's how you say it i don't think it's data scribe uh but <laughs> data scribe and sports radar so they would produce data driven text previews of all major league soccer games my understanding from these tech these game previews that were all ai assisted is that ap monitored them closely and they were never presented as if they were written by drew ortiz who spends most of his time outside there was no fake author along with it that's right i i guess i could I, it I don't, still weirds it's me it's still out. not good it's still not my favorite yeah it's and i i think we have to be very careful going down that path and you and I discuss guardrails all the time Mm -hmm. as it pertains to artificial intelligence. And I firmly believe there need to be because we are at minimum going to end up in a place where a lot of jobs that people do now are going to be entirely eliminated. Mm -hmm. And that's just, it's not good. Well, and you might say, well, then just get into artificial intelligence. Well, okay. There aren't going to be enough artificial intelligence jobs to make up for all of the careers and industries that just get blown out by its existence. And here's the thing. I know people talk about slippery slopes and they either like them or hate them or believe in them or don't believe in them. Here's the thing. There is such a thing as a slippery slope. What you do need to realize, though, when you're looking at a slippery slope is that the worst outcome can be prevented if you have effective thorough and proven guardrails to help something uh, to keep something from going out of control. That's why when it comes to gosh, it always gets political, but when it comes to gun control, because of the second amendment, we do have an effective guardrail from all of our rights being taken away. That's why we, there's no, um, the bill of rights is not without some limitations. And we see that with our, First Amendment rights and how there are certain guardrails and our Second Amendment rights and how there are certain guardrails. With this, I'm I'm leery of AI-generated text, and, and the Associated Press has used automation technology for previews and recaps of most men's college basketball games. And this was—they started doing this back in 2012. Thousands of stories covering U.S. corporate earnings each quarter. Again, to me, that is less than ideal— However, if there are effective and uh, strong guardrails that prevent it from turning into what we saw at Sports Illustrated, where you're, you are intentionally deceiving people, then maybe that's where we need to do. Here's a question, and let's forget about um, industries being uh, obliterated, people losing work, losing their jobs because of, of artificial intelligence taking over. So let, let's, let's set that aside for a moment. My question is, does it ever get good enough that we can't tell the difference? So, for example, right now, I like to, before I buy something, Mm -hmm. depending on what it is, and sometimes I'll buy it, and then I will watch YouTube reviews of the product I've just purchased. I like doing that, okay? Because I like to know if I've made a good decision or not, and sometimes I need that Mm -hmm. help. You can very easily tell right away if it is a... And I don't know if it's it's artificial intelligence, but it if it is a um, a robotic 
review and it's not actually a real person based on the way they talk. The things they say, the way they describe things, you can tell. Well, there's different. So types. I wonder if I wonder if you can ever get to a point yeah. where you just you'll have no idea. I think it depends on the writing, quite honestly, because people, will it ever improve to the point? I hope not. I don't think so. So I'm a you know I'm a writer. I'm not great at all kinds of writing. If you need, I'm not great at copywriting at factual news stories because this may be a shock to everyone. I have a hard time getting to the point. So I become very, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm very flowery. I'm much better Uh, for descriptive writing and emotional writing. Uh, There, if you need a grant, don't ask me. I've written copy for grants. I'm not good at it. I'm, I'm just, I'm too, I don't know what it is. It's too much like Charles Dickens. Don't ask Charles Dickens to write your grant and don't ask me. And I'm no, don't worry. I'm not comparing myself to him. He was paid by the word. I just don't know how to be concise. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. I think with scientific papers, you may not be able to tell right. with a business prospectus. You may not be able to tell. But I think if you are looking at a novel, uh, nonfiction or even, you know, or or fiction, whatever it may be, I think you're going to miss that deep element of human experience because that's what writing is. It's the expression of human experience. And a robot doesn't have that. And hopefully we'll never gain it. 314-436-7900 to visit with us. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Amy Marks, Coors, Chris Ranji, KMOX. Third hour of the show is about to get started here shortly. And then crossover hour with Dave Glover. We do that every day from Mm -hmm. 1 o'clock until 2. This text message, Amy, from Little Jonathan in Dallas says, uh, well, the way he he writes it, Little Jonathan, uh, care of Dallas. So he says, I hope there's a job for figuring out what has been written by AI and what hasn't. That would be I would be great at that job. I think I would be, too. Right now, I'd be really good at being well, able like, to tell you what's AI and what's not. It's basically the Turing test for stories, for journalism. Because, you know, the Turing test, rather famously, Alan Turing said in so many years, you won't be able to tell if you're talking to a human or a computer. And so every year they have people uh, talking to computers and people talking to people. And you have to vote. Who do you think you're talking to, a computer or a person? Yeah. I imagine it's almost impossible these days. I've asked before on online when you have a chat. I'm like, are you a computer? Oh, I can tell you right away. If if um, if you're talking like a business, a product, yeah. and you want to do an online, I can tell you right away if it's, usually it says virtual assistant. It does, usually. And if it doesn't, you can tell. But every now and then I'm a little... It's off-putting, I think. I just want to talk to a person. Let me, me talk too. to a person. Which tells you that AI is not quite smart enough yet. Because the AI is so limited when it comes to customer service bots that it's much easier to talk to a human than a computer that's like, hmm, I'm not so sure. A real person will call you back in 78 hours. I have to tell you, one of my favorite things to do to get out stress yeah. is to just yell representative into the phone over and over again. I okay. Representative. I saw a meme and I reposted it because it represents everything that, that I believe in the sense that 
The true test of a person's character is the tone of voice they use when they say representative. Representative. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not understand. Representative. Represent- and you just say I don't it over and over again. To you. Yeah. This, it's very similar to how rude I am to my Amazon Alexa. Well, people. I am super You shouldn't be rude. proud of that because people are going to think that you are not a very nice boyfriend. <laughs> that I'm yelling at some my girlfriend yes. named Alexa. Yes. Alexa, shut up. <laughs> That's terrible. I just asked the temperature. I didn't ask for you to give me anything this else. This guy, this guy every day, he has an Alexa just to ask the temperature. That's the only reason I have it. Temperature hey. was invented. Wait, what's it like out there? It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.